Thank you so much, Matt. Will you take your Bibles and turn to 2 Peter chapter 1? We're going to look at verse 5 today. What we're looking at are the five balance points, excuse me, the seven balance points uh, given to us in Scripture, balance for our our spiritual walk, balance for our lives. I felt like, and believe God led me to, uh, share with you at the beginning of this new year, 2016, how to have a strong and powerful balance in your life in general, in your spiritual walk specifically. There are seven balance points that are given to us in 2 Peter chapter 1, and those seven balance points will tell us how we stay strong and fruitful in knowledge and in our service of the Lord, 2 Peter chapter 1 and now verse 5. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and with virtue knowledge. Last week, we took a look at virtue, which means a spirit of excellence in our lives. We saw what it meant to have excellence in every area of life and the importance of having excellence in every area of life. USA Today writer Larry Copeland wrote the story uh, of, of the danger of something called peephole driving. In Tallahassee, we don't know very much about this, but if you live even 100 miles north, you've probably uh, experienced peephole driving. Here's the way that works. You're in a hurry to get somewhere on time. Usually it's work. And so when you walk out into the cold, you find that your car has been encased in a layer of snow or in a layer of ice because of an overnight storm. So you start your car and you turn on the heater or you turn on the defrost. Here's what happens. A little tiny, very tiny section begins to defrost. So you get out the scraper. You're in a hurry to get to work, so you scrape off uh, just enough to be able to let you see. Uh, It's about the size of maybe, a, a, uh, let's say, a large pizza, not an extra large, but a large pizza, and you scrape that off, and and you scrape off one in the back about the size of a a large pepperoni pizza, and so you scrape that off, and then you scrape off just about the size of a saucer on... uh, Uh, the two windows uh, on either side, you don't scrape them off in the back because you can't see back there anyway. So you go out there and shivering and miserable, you get into the car and uh, though it's very, very dangerous, you drive off uh, looking through that large pepperoni uh, pizza-sized hole that you've scraped in the windshield. Now let me just ask a question before I go on. How many of you have done this? Would you raise your hand? See, <clears throat> this is a church full of, of reckless drivers. But, <clears throat> but you go out there, and here's what happens. As you're out on the road, you panic. And the reason you panic is because all of the ongoing traffic, <clears throat> has, uh, oncoming traffic has people looking through pizza-sized uh, holes in their window. And so we're out there driving, all of us <clears throat> driving through peephole driving. And according to the North Carolina Department of Motor Vehicles, peephole driving is an invitation to disaster. And I think any of us and all of us can see how that it would be an invitation to disaster. Now, I said that to say this. This is the way a lot of people live their Christian lives. They drive their lives through the vision hole that's very limited. They peep through the hole of knowledge that they picked up from other believers 
or their own experience. Uh, to them, the Christian life is to drive by, it seems to me, or uh, <clears throat> over what the Bible teaches. They only can see through, it seems to me. Now, if you're going to achieve any kind of balance in life, there are some things that you have to know. Not only must we have virtue in our lives, but we must also have knowledge, and that allows us to pursue every <clears throat> aspect of our lives. So let's talk about knowledge. In order to obtain knowledge, there must be some kind of education. Now, don't jump out the window on me here. I'm going to share with you that there's a broad uh, spectrum of education. To be educated simply is to be enlightened. No one is enlightened to everything, and everyone is enlightened to something. <clears throat> I'm not sure <clears throat> anyone <clears throat> is completely clueless in every aspect of life, but there are certainly aspects of life where we are clueless. We live in a town <clears throat> in pursuit of enlightenment. However, not all enlightenment is created equal. Not everybody who is educated <clears throat> is educated to the degree or in the way that they need to be educated in order to have the kind of knowledge that we're talking about today. Here's what Paul said to the Romans in Romans 16 and verse 19. For your obedience is known to all, so that I rejoice over you. But I want you to be wise <clears throat> as to what is good and innocent as to what is, is evil. If you are raising children today, here's what you've discovered. <clears throat> you've discovered that they are gaining knowledge that you never wanted them to have. That they are learning things, <clears throat> that they know things that you never intended uh, for them to know. You, if you're raising children, you know that they have information that is inappropriate for everyone and certainly too advanced for them. Consequently, <clears throat> they are probably not learning what you want them to learn at the pace that you'd like to see them learn. It's not just children who have this issue. We all have this issue. It's true for me and it's true for you. We're educated <clears throat> in the world, but too often uh, we're educated by the world without the balance of the knowledge of God. For some people <clears throat> who are believers, the only real knowledge of life and about life they have is what they learn from people around them, what they learn from what they see and <clears throat> what they learn from the, the morals of others and what they watch on television or hear on <clears throat> the news. Now, how do we go about adding the knowledge of God or the right kind of knowledge to our spiritual walk. How do we get this kind of balance in our lives? Well, first of all, it begins with our <clears throat> perception. It begins with how we perceive things and how we want to perceive things. All of us have a worldview. Here's what the worldview is. The worldview is how you see things. That's your worldview. Some people see the world through a peephole. Some people <clears throat> see the world facing backwards. A worldview is just how you see the world around you. Now, it's easy to see the worldview of national politicians. Uh, the worldview of our current president is <clears throat> clearly different from the worldview of our last president. It's easy to see <clears throat> the worldview. The worldview of candidates running for the nomination as a Democrat are clearly different from the, the candidates running for nomination as Republican. 
those people who are running for nomination as Republican. And I think we're down to 35 now. But <clears throat> the, the candidates <clears throat> running as Republican, they have varying worldviews. If you can't see the difference in the worldviews of the candidates running for office, then <clears throat> you may not be uh, paying attention. Uh, it's important to have a a proper worldview. And in establishing a proper worldview, we should consider this, Proverbs 1-7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 9 and verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One <clears throat> is, <clears throat> is insight. When our perception begins with a reverence for God, then we pursue our lives in a much different way than if we have no reverence for God, than if we have <clears throat> no fear of God. Now, you've heard from me on many occasions and more times here lately say that we must view the world from the standpoint of created beings who will answer to a creator. If you view <clears throat> the world as though you do not have a creator, as though God didn't create you, God didn't create the heaven and the earth, then you will have a different worldview from those people who say uh, God did <clears throat> create uh, the heaven and the earth. Those who believe that he did have a certain worldview. Those who believe that he doesn't have a certain worldview. You say, well, I don't, I don't think that because I don't believe in the creation, <clears throat> but I have the same kind of worldview as every other Christian. You really don't. I, I, would, I, I know that you want to think that you do, but in the end, <clears throat> we answer to a creator God. And what you believe about <clears throat> the way you are made impacts your view of the world. So what is your perception? Do you believe in a creator God? Do you believe in a loving God who sent his son to die on the <clears throat> cross for your sins? How we perceive God makes a difference in how we perceive the world. It's very, very important for you to see God clearly. That's one of the balance points in your spiritual life. You cannot <clears throat> you cannot be balanced and stay balanced in your spiritual life unless you view God with an accurate view of him. So in gaining education, it's our perception that matters. It's also our preparation. Uh, there has to be some level of preparation or study <clears throat> to be knowledgeable about anything, certainly to be knowledgeable about the things of God. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. In the King James Version, it says, study to show yourself <clears throat> approved. And that word in the original language means diligent, it means earnest, it means eager, or as the ESV says, it means to do <clears throat> your best. And that's really where we need to be. That's what we talked about last week when we talked about excellence. We should prepare and we should do our best to be prepared to see as God sees and as God wants us to see. When it comes to our faith and the balance of life, we have to <clears throat> prepare by knowing and doing our best all the time, every day in the eyes of God. That's the way that we're to live our lives. For you and me, <clears throat> that means reading our Bibles. That does mean going to church. That means learning all that we can about God <clears throat> from His Word. And that means to be this third thing, and that is persistent. 
in order to be educated so that you can have the knowledge that you should have, there should be, first of all, a perception, your view of the world as a created being. There must be preparation. You must study. You must do your best to know. And then you have to persist in that. Let's go to 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 8. This is from our greater text. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, that is the seven qualities that we're studying, we're only on number two. If these qualities are yours and increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now the word there is increasing. There's a principle in Scripture that has a lot of, of meaning, but it is often overlooked. And that's Galatians 6, 9. It says, let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season <clears throat> we will reap <clears throat> if we do not give up. Now, here's what that means. For you and me, <clears throat> that means that we uh, all can exp- experience, we can all experience God and know about God's will, and we should do so without quitting. We should have a persistence in our spiritual walk. We get tired. All of us get tired. All of us want to give up. All of us think, I just don't want to do this anymore. All of us do that. I'd say there's not a single person in this room who at some point in your life, whether it's your spiritual life or some other aspect of life, but I'd say even your spiritual life, that that you have said, what's the use? You have said, I just don't want to continue. Uh, I don't know if this is paying off. That's just <clears throat> the, the way that it is. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> there are times <clears throat> when life is easy, and there are times when life is hard. And we must know and do the will of God at both times. You can't just say, <clears throat> I want to do the will of God while it's easy. You've got to say, I want to do the will of God while it's hard. I want to do the will of God at all times. How do you gain knowledge? Well, first, it's by education. Here's the second thing, by experience. Now, there there are two types of knowledge expressed in the Bible. There is gnosis or gnosis, as some people say, and epignosis. One is the fragmented knowledge that involves education. If you're educated, if you have a, uh, uh, Matt Dutton who sang for us has a PhD in statistics. Even though he has a PhD in statistics, he still has fragmented knowledge. There are things that he does not know, even though he has extensive education. Same is true for me. Same is true for for you or anyone, no matter how educated they may be. The other is to have a deeper and a fuller knowledge. One involves the knowledge of life. The other involves the knowledge of God. Now, how do we want to uh, develop our experience? Well, certainly we want to develop our experience by the knowledge of life, but we want to develop it more fully by the knowledge of God. You ought to know about life and you ought to know about God. When you know about life, that's experience. When you know about God, that's a fuller experience. We have to know and personally experience what it means to love God, to know God, to walk with God, to, to walk through the valley and come up on the other side and look back and say, Jesus led me all the way. We have to have that experience. Let's talk a little bit about the experience. First of all, the insight experience. The late and great Margaret Thatcher, former prime minister of Great Britain, is credited with these words. When Christians meet, 
Their purpose is not or should not be to ascertain what is the mind of the majority, but what is the mind of the Holy Spirit, something which may be quite different. Here's what the book of Proverbs says. Get wisdom, get insight, but do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will keep you. Love her and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom and whatever you do, get insight. Now that's where we often struggle and, and all of us do. And here's what I mean by that. I mean, we struggle in those areas where we are charged with imparting knowledge, where we are charged with imparting insight. For instance, as a parent, you are charged with the education and the training of your child. That is part of your, excuse me, that is part of your charge of life. You may be uh, charged with educating other people as well. Uh, There may be other people that you are charged with educating in their lives. In my case, I'm charged with educating uh, the church family. Now, all of us have these these charges before us. Here's what's difficult. It's difficult when we find that it is met with resistance. And it's always met with resistance. If you're a parent, you have never, you have never, ever navigated the the whole life of your uh, son or daughter without some resistance. And you're not going to. It's just not going to happen. And and let me tell you, sometimes what they have to do is experience things for themselves. Now, our lives would be a lot better if we could learn from the mistakes and the successes of others. But oftentimes, we have to experience it ourselves to really learn it. We live our lives and we minister to others based on a lot of things. We certainly base it on our talents, our abilities, our gifts, our education, and so forth, and, <clears throat> and, uh, and, and beyond that. But we also live our lives based on the insight or the experiences that we've had in life. I, I made this statement, <clears throat> and I believe that it's true, that if I were going to consult with other churches and consult with other pastors, I could teach them more from my failures than from any successes that I've had. Because <clears throat> the failures have a tendency to teach us things that successes may or may not have taught us. So when we're looking at the <clears throat> experiences of our lives, we look at the insight that we gain, but we also look at what impact those insights have had, those experiences have had. Now, You have had positive and negative experiences in your life. No one here has had all positive experiences. No one here has had all negative experiences. You've had both in your life. And let me tell you this, they've left marks on you. There is a part of knowledge of your life that has left a mark on your life. Now listen to this. I want everybody to tune in on this because if you miss this, you miss something really important in this message. I want you to listen to this very carefully. Some people stop with their negative experience. Some people stop their life at something that has impacted them negatively. They can go no further. I mean, life just stopped for them. It was put on hold. Now, you may have a really big scar in your life, and I know you. You're my church family. I love you. 
And I know that many of you have really big scars in and on your life. But look, it is a mistake to make that scar the end of your balance of life. It is a mistake to stop your life and growing with that scar. But there are a lot of people who do. There are a lot of people who get no further than the scar. They get no further and they cannot balance beyond that scar because they can't move past it. Again, there are many things that we're to be adding to our lives, and that's what we're studying. Going back to our greater text, 2 Peter 1 and verse 5, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control. Self-control is next week. And self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. Now, we've seen that in gaining knowledge, there must be some kind of education, And that education is deepened by the experience of our lives, particularly the spiritual experiences of our lives. When we allow this knowledge of life to have deep impact on us, then we become more effectiveness, and that leads us to the third and final thing, our effectiveness in the knowledge of our lives. So if we have virtue, a spirit of excellence, and knowledge, let's assume with the rest of the seven spiritual supplements you're studying, what's it going to yield? Well, first of all, it's going to yield a life that is positive. You're going to yield some very strong positives in your life when you live the balanced life. If, if you <clears throat> are saying to yourself, well, I hope this is the year that, that turns around for me, then you don't have to hope. You can stop your hoping and start doing, start balancing out your life. And if you <clears throat> balance out your life, there are going to be some positives that, that will be added to your life. Here's what Paul wrote to Timothy. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. There it is. Do your best. Do your best. Be prepared. Be effective. Live a life that is positive. Do your best. Some of us remember what it was like to go to class unprepared. Some of you never did that. Some of us always did. Maybe you know what it meant to not have your homework. You weren't prepared for the test. You weren't prepared for the lesson that day. Did you ever get called to the board unprepared? Did that ever happen to you? I can remember when I was a a kid in school, I used to try and hide behind uh, the people in front of me. Isn't that an interesting thing that a kid who was the biggest mouth in the class thought that he could hide and that somehow or another that the teacher would notice that he was hiding and not call on him. But as soon as I ducked my head, Randy, come on up to the board. And if I'd go to the board, I was unprepared. It was just terrible. You know, it would have been much easier for me if I had been prepared. We have the benefit of knowledge that is sought and other knowledge that is caught. And I want to tell you, we can live with a sense of approval that gives us the positives that we need in life. That's a, it, it, when we are, have the knowledge that we have, along with the other things that we should have, we have a life that is effective, a life that is positive. It's also a life that's persuasive. Look what happens in life when the, we know and fear the Lord. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7, 11, therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others, but we are known 
<clears throat> but what we are is known to God. And I hope it is known also to your conscience. When we really know God, our testimonies are more persuasive. They just are. They're far more persuasive. Have you ever recommended something to somebody and they said, have you tried it? Well, no, but I've heard good things about it. Now take a look at that versus, <clears throat> hey, I've had tremendous success with it. I, can, I will tell you exactly what happened to me. Far more persuasive from somebody who knows what they're talking about because they've experienced it. And knowledge is experience. That is, if we have that kind of knowledge, we have the education, we have experience. When that happens, we're more effective. We have a life that is persuasive. Most importantly, we have a life that is powerful. Much of success in sports begins with some sense of balance. A sense or an idea that we are on balance, that we're not off kilter. If you're going to hit a baseball... You have to have some sense of balance when you're standing there. When you throw a baseball, you have to have some sense of balance. If you're a lineman on the football team, you've got to have balance. If you're going to hit a golf ball, you can't hit a golf ball falling away. There's got to be a sense of balance so that you can follow through. I'm not much of a basketball player, but I would guess that uh, aside from Michael Jordan and some of those phenomenal players that could, you know, hit a shot no matter what, there needs to be some sense of balance and, and what you're doing. So it is in the spiritual walk. If you want to be powerful, you have to have a balance in your life. Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. James two seventeen. So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, it's dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works, but show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by <clears throat> my works. Now, let me ask you this. Are you finding the balance in your spiritual life? Are you finding a balance? Have, have you been working on or will you work on the excellence that, that should be yours in your spiritual walk? And what about knowledge? What do you do to try and learn? Well, I go to church. What do you do beyond that? Do you read and study your Bible? Are you involved in something that helps you to gain more knowledge in your spiritual walk, just like you'd gain more knowledge in your professional life? Are, are you experiencing things that promote the knowledge that someone like you should have? I, I think that one of the things that we should understand is that there is a, a consistency, a, a continuum, if you will, of, of our uh, a sense of balance, the things that we want. We don't say, okay, this year I'm going to work on excellence and forget knowledge and, and the other things. No, there's a balance that has to go on all the time. The thing about the spiritual life, the thing about the Christian walk is that it's everything all the time and God blesses it. I love this story about Billy Graham. In 1982, the Today Show in, in New York City scheduled an interview with Billy Graham. And when he arrived at the studio, one of the program's producers informed the assistant to Graham that there was a private room that had been set aside for the reverend uh, to pray before the broadcast. Here's what the assistant said. The assistant said that Mr. Graham would not need the prayer room. And the producer of the <clears throat> Today Show was taken back just a little bit and that this world-famous Christian leader would not even want to pray before the interview that would be on national television on the Today Show. And here's what the assistant went on to say. Mr. Graham started praying when he got up this morning. 
He prayed while eating breakfast. He prayed on the way over here in the car. And he'll probably be praying all through the interview. In other words, Mr. Graham was credited with having the sense of balance in everything at all times. And that's the way that it works, folks. We don't check what it is that we learn today at the door as we walk out. We take it with us. And when we take it with us and we live it daily and we grow in experience and we gain knowledge every single day, and when we pursue a spirit of excellence, guess what happens? Our life begins to balance out. Things begin to work. You say, yeah, but what if this happens and what if that happens? Things are going to happen, folks. But when they happen, there can be a sense of balance in your life. And things can work out when you walk and live the balanced life. Let me ask you this. Do you have the power of the knowledge of God in your life? It will change your walk. It will change your influence. And as it did did with, with Billy Graham, it will change your sense of God's presence. I really want all of us to learn this this year. I really want all of us to walk by faith, but I want us to have this sense of excellence in our lives, this virtue. I want us to gain knowledge in our lives by what we study and what we read and and what we subject ourselves to, but also by what we experience. And when we do, we will find a balance in life that we've not found before. And when we find that balance in life, we'll be better prepared at everything everything that we do.